You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. On today's show, we will talk all things SEC with the one and only Clay Travis from OutKick the Coverage. We'll get his thoughts on the Heisman race. Could Jeremy Pruitt be fired at Tennessee and much, much more? Also, we'll catch up with Stephen Ray, or Stingray, as you may remember him, the former diehard Mississippi State fan who went viral several years back, is now talking college football on his own show. We will discuss that with him. And we'll also go around the conference with the latest headlines from around the SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. All right, let's jump right into it. There's a lot to go over. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference. All right, we start with the SEC championship. The SEC issued their fan advisory guidelines for next week's SEC title game in Atlanta. So if you're an Alabama or Florida fan, listen up. The game will officially have a limited seating capacity of 16,500 due to COVID restrictions, and the game already sold out. Among other things, they announced the gates to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium will open at 630 Eastern and they will not accept cash at all in the building. So concessions or whatever, you will need your credit card. Lastly, pom-poms must have paddle handles on them to be admitted into the stadium. Pom-poms with stick handles will not be a lot. I don't know why. Maybe you can poke your eye out. Maybe that has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, Also, they said RV parking and tailgating will be allowed, but only in the Home Depot backyard west lawn and the M lot, and you must follow COVID protocols there. But at least a little bit of tailgating for the SEC title game. Meanwhile, the College Football Playoff Committee released their latest rankings last night. Not a lot really changed or nothing really big up top. Alabama still at number one. Texas A&M still number five. Florida at number six. And Georgia coming in at number nine. On the back end, how about Mizzou jumping in at number 25 in the playoff rankings? That's a testament to the job Eli Drinkwitz has done out there. Props to Mizzou for jumping into the college football playoff rankings. Uh, ESPN, they put out their playoff predictor model, and according to that, Alabama has a 98% chance to make the playoff. I think at this point they realize even if they lose to Florida in the SEC title game, they're probably going to get in as one of the better one-loss teams. Uh, Texas A&M only has a 28% chance, and how about Florida who has a chance to beat Alabama next week, they have just a 13% chance to make the playoff. Crazy thing that Ohio State has a 74% chance to make the playoff, ranking number four, but as our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South tweeted out, he said, Ohio State has five total wins on the season, a strength of schedule ranked 30 spots lower than any other Power 5 contender, and their best win was by seven points at home to Indiana. Every single one of their other four opponents have only won two games each. Combine that with the fact that Ohio State will not play Michigan this weekend. That game has been canceled due to COVID. It just seems a little bit like Ohio State's getting the respect card from what they are historically and not so much from what they're actually earned out on the field this season. And if I could play devil's advocate for just a second, I know Texas A&M lost to Florida head-to-head, but that game was all the way back on October 10th. We're talking two months ago. 
in my opinion, I think Florida should actually be ahead of AM at this point in the year. Since that game, both teams are undefeated, but Florida actually has a monster win when they beat Florida or Georgia, who was ranked number five at the time several weeks ago. Of course, that game on a neutral field, and they beat them by 16 points. AM has not had one ranked victory in that span. So if they're that close in the rankings at five and six, I think an argument could be made. Florida might deserve to be ahead of AM at this point, despite the early season week three head-to-head victory. You know, AM ekes it out with a field goal win because Florida fumbles at midfield. I don't want to diminish that win by AM. It was a good win at the time to beat Florida. But you also have to build up a resume, and the Aggies haven't done that. You've beaten no one ranked since then. And Florida beat then ranked number five Georgia, who now ranks number nine in the college football playoff rankings. That's a top ten victory. Again, on the flip side, AM has a top 10 victory over Florida themselves. I just think the Gators should deserve a little bit more respect at this point than simply being behind the Aggies for a game that happened over two months ago. Over at LSU, their star freshman tight end Eric Gilbert is heavily considering leaving LSU, and he's missed practice this week. Gilbert says he has been homesick since he arrived. And LSU is currently fighting to keep him. Coach Ed Ogeron, speaking with the media yesterday, said that Gilbert's mom is in Baton Rouge talking to him and trying to make the best decision for him. You have to wonder, though, has the likes of Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, some of these other schools gotten in his head and said, hey, why don't you come play for a contender? Doesn't look like LSU is going to be competing for a title game again anytime soon. That would be a monster blow for LSU, though, to lose their former five-star tight end just a freshman had a really good year for them as a freshman over at Vanderbilt they continue their search for their next head coach as they continue to interview candidates the latest interview coming with Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee is a former Vanderbilt student athlete played fullback at Vandy back in the early 2000s he's been on Notre Dame staff since 2017 has also worked at UCLA Syracuse Wake Forest among others in addition, according to reports, former NFL head coaches Jeff Fisher and Bill O'Brien have expressed interest in the Vandy job. That Bill O'Brien did a pretty good job at Penn State. Wasn't the greatest head coach with the Texans. That'd be interesting if he ended up at Vandy. And speaking of Vandy, their star defensive player Deo Odengbo has opted out of his final two games at Vandy. He has already accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl. He will begin preparing for the NFL draft, so he is moving on. Over at Auburn, quarterback Bo Nix said yesterday he wants to improve his running, his pocket awareness, and his accuracy heading into next year. I think that would certainly help the reigning freshman of the year who has been somewhat disappointing in his sophomore season. If he can do that next year, Bo Nix could take Auburn perhaps to the next level. Over at Georgia, linebacker Monty Rice has accepted an invitation to the Senior Bowl. The Georgia Bulldogs now have six players who have accepted invites to the Senior Bowl, including O-lineman Ben Cleveland, D-lineman Malik Herring, and tight end Trey McKitty. The yeah, Senior Bowl will be held, held the end of next month in Mobile. Over at Ole Miss, former four-star quarterback Grant Tisdale has entered the transfer portal. He was part of the Rebels' 2019 signing class. After getting at Ole Miss, he moved to wide receiver, and then at one point before moving back to quarterback, he was the 14th-ranked dual-threat quarterback in his signing class. It sounds like he'll be heading elsewhere. Lastly, the Broyles Award list 
was released. It goes to the top assistant coach in college football among the list of names on the list. A lot of SEC guys, including Alabama's Steve Sarkeesian, Arkansas's Barry Odom, Mississippi State's Zach Arnett, and A&M defense coordinator Mike Elko, of course, last year. Joe Brady, the LSU passing game coordinator, won the award for working wonders with Joe Burrow and the LSU offense. And when you consider that was only 11 months ago and where LSU is now, that is quite a fall from where they were. All right, that is going to do it for Around the Conference. Coming up next, we will visit with Clay Travis of OutKick to talk all things SEC. And a little bit later, Stingray going to join us as well here on Locked on SEC. Quick minute here for our friends at Coors Light. We know you guys feel like you're always on. You always need a moment to relax, a moment to chill, and there's no way better to do that when you sit down and chill with a nice cold Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what sport you are watching, Saturdays are your time to chill. I'm always on the couch watching college football, watching the SEC. You only got a couple more weekends to do that, but you got NFL after that, and then we'll be into the NBA season and Basically, sports year-round once again. Finally, we're out of that quarantine time where you basically had to watch like Netflix and drink Coors Light. That's not the best way to do it. The best way to do it is watching sports on your couch with a nice cold Coors Light. We tell you all the time, it's mountain cold refreshment. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you guys want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill, and that is Coors Light. You can get them in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And please remember to celebrate responsibly Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, you, eating all that junk food every week. You know you're making bad choices when you do that. Find something that could be a little bit healthier alternative. Might I recommend our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got 18 amazing flavors, six new ones. The Cookies and Cream, my personal favorite. They are bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, but they are great for the health-conscious person or if you're looking to just lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. I've had one for breakfast. I've had one for an afternoon snack. It's just a better healthy alternative than doing some of those other junk foods that are out there. Go check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. I mentioned the cookies and cream, my favorite. 17 grams of protein in there, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, perfect for that post-workout treat. If you're kind of between meals and you're just looking for something to chow down on, Built Bar has you covered. Go check them out right now, BuiltBar.com, and make sure you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at Built Bar. Coming up tomorrow on the show, we are going to get you ready for this weekend, taking an early look at some of the games, uh, preview some of the betting lines, and what to watch for this weekend. I know we've already lost one game, and Ole Miss and A&M, but we'll preview all the rest of the games. Some SEC teams finishing off their regular season, some still have another week to play. We'll preview it all tomorrow on Locked on SEC. Roll along here. Excited to talk with this guy. You know him from OutKick.com. OutKick the coverage, Fox Sports Radio, and of course, uh, Fox Bet Live. Clay Travis joins us now talking all things SEC football. Clay, uh, pretty impressive that the SEC was almost able to get in their entire season. I know Ole Miss A&M looks like that game's not going to happen, but for how things look back in May and June, for the SEC to get in 99% of their schedule, that's pretty darn impressive. It's a phenomenal accomplishment, and uh, I think you can say the same thing about the Big 12 and the ACC, but I think that uh, Greg Sankey and the SEC's leadership 
and uh, the flexibility with which he set up this season is uh, honestly one of the most uh, crowning achievements in the history of the conference, I think, honestly, because uh, there were a lot of people out there that said there was no way to play college football at all this fall, and not only has the SEC played, uh, they've got a SEC championship game between Florida and uh, Alabama, which is going to be wildly uh, popular, I think, uh, wildly successful in terms of, uh, of college football fans being able to sit down and watch it. And not only did they play the season, they did it with fans present. And so uh, it, it's, a, uh, I think, a tremendous accomplishment. And that doesn't mean there weren't a lot of challenges, and that doesn't mean there weren't a lot of moving parts along the way. Uh, but, uh, but it is, uh, I think, an incredible testament to what they were able to accomplish, that, uh, that they are going to be able to crown a champion that isn't going to feel at all like it has an asterisk. In fact, um, I, I think you can make the argument that given the fact that everybody is playing basically 10 games, that this is maybe the most legitimate champion that's ever existed <laughs> uh, because we've never seen a situation where an SEC champ will have played, which will happen with Alabama and Florida, 11 conference games. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's a great point. And the the interesting part now with A&M sitting at home, you know, they're kind of on that outside looking in in the college football playoff right now. We know the news Ohio State's not going to play Michigan. I know some people are throwing it out there as a dream scenario, but wouldn't it make sense for Ohio State and A&M to get together and kind of have like this little pre-playoff game? Yeah, 100% it would. Um, I, I think it certainly would for A&M, and that's why I said uh, earlier – Today, if I were Ross Bjork at, uh, at A&M, if I were trying to make a decision about what to do going forward, my, my thing would be, hey, we'll play you, Ohio State, in Columbus. Just go ahead and say you'll do it. I'm not sure whether Ohio State would agree to it, but at least by saying you're willing to do it, I think it puts a major onus onto, uh, onto Ohio State and calls into question whether they're trying to do as much as they possibly can to make the college football playoff. Just a couple quick hitters from around the SEC. If Tennessee were to lose to Vanderbilt, coachless, winless Vanderbilt this weekend, Tennessee would have no excuse, right? They'd have to give Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt his walking papers. Yeah, I think that's right. Tennessee is a 15-point favorite. Vanderbilt is dealing with all sorts of uh, uproar in the wake of uh, Sarah Fuller kicking and Derek Mason being fired and the COVID issues they've had all season. Uh, They are historically a bad football team. In fact, on pace to be the worst football team in the history of the SEC and one that may never be equaled uh, because I don't know how many other times the team's going to play 10 SEC football games if they do, or even nine. And right now they're sitting at 0-8. Um, I think 0-9 should happen this weekend in my hometown of Nashville. It's not much of a validation of Jeremy Pruitt to get to 3-6. and six. Uh, You know, Tennessee really should have beaten Arkansas and Kentucky, and 5-5 five and five would have been okay, mediocre, obviously, Three and seven, which is where they are headed, is uh, is is an unacceptable season. For for Bama playing Arkansas this weekend and Florida playing LSU, this feels like a week. Uh, I mean, get an early lead, you know, get up say three touchdowns, and do you consider resting some of your starters and getting them ready for the SEC title game next week? That wouldn't stun me. Uh, I mean, and not only resting some of your starters to have them ready for the game, but also remember what happened to Alabama when they might have left two in one series too long last year in November against Mississippi State. I mean, the worst thing that could happen against LSU for Florida or against Arkansas for, uh, for Alabama is for something to happen to Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. So I would be concerned about that if I were either of those teams. You get up early, you try to put them away, and then maybe the, the back door stays open in terms of covering 
uh, for LSU and for Arkansas. The margin, I don't think, is really going to matter in any way. Uh, as long as Florida wins and as long as Alabama wins, I actually think Alabama punches their ticket to the college football playoff 100% if they're 10-0, regardless of what happens against Florida. Uh, and obviously for Florida, we know they have to win both those games to get in. I know we're saying this is a two-horse race for the Heisman between Mac Jones and Kyle Trask. I don't know why Devontae Smith's not getting more, uh, at least, hype for the Heisman because I look at it this way, Clay. Mac Jones is playing behind a five-star offensive line. He's got a dominant run game with Najee Harris. You take Devontae Smith off this Alabama team, I think Mac Jones looks mediocre. You put Devontae Smith anywhere in the country, I think this guy's doing – he's killing it. So, in my mind, this would be a year – if any year a wide receiver is going to win it, this is the year. Yeah, look, and, and I think that could end up putting Kyle Trask in as the winner because it's possible that the Alabama Heisman vote could get uh, diluted some with people not sure who they're going to vote for, Mac Jones or, uh, or Devontae Smith, given how impressive he has been. So I think as you kind of break it down going forward, the biggest uh, challenge here is going to be kind of setting the expectations for how the voting is going to go uh, because, to me, I think you're right. I think Devontae Smith is kind of a dark horse here who may not win it, but he could end up putting Kyle Trask into the winner's circle. We know Derek Mason's gone. We know Will Muschamp's gone. They've already hired Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Any other SEC coach in your mind gets the axe this season? Well, I think Jeremy Pruitt, and I think uh, I think Gus Malzahn at Auburn, right? I mean, I'm not saying they get fired. I think those are the guys that are next up on the chopping block. Uh, Auburn fans haven't been happy with Gus Malzahn basically since he was in the 2017 SEC title game. In fact, I think he has a losing record in the SEC since then in 18, 19, and 20. Um, and, uh, and, and I think there's a lot of discomfort with the overall direction of that program, with the fact that Bo Nix didn't really advance this year. Uh, if anything, he's been basically the same player uh, for much of the past two years. And I think that development or lack thereof goes on Gus Malzahn since he's an offensive coach. And so I would put those guys as the next two up on the chopping block. And then I would just say, you know, who knows what's going to happen in Michigan? Who knows what's going to happen in Texas? But if either of those jobs open up, there could be a lot of moving parts just in terms of other coaches going other places. And uh, that's one of the most uh, fun things about college football is the silly season uh, when uh, the job search process begins. Last thing, Clay, where do you come down on all the opt-outs? I know just this week we saw LSU, their five-star freshman tight end, wants to opt-out. He says he's homesick, wants to go back home to Georgia. It just seems like it's going to be crazy season for guys basically just quitting on their team and transferring wherever they want. Well, I think that's going to be one of the challenges of the transfer rule in general is that, I don't know about you, but when I went off to college my freshman year, I was homesick. And I would expect that a lot of these kids, going off to campus uh, are going to be homesick, whether they're athletes or otherwise. And maybe one of the reasons you don't transfer uh, prior was you don't want to sit out for a year and prolong that inability to play. I think we're going to see a lot more moving parts. And, you know, one thing to keep in mind is I think there's probably going to be a lot of guys who are interested in transferring that don't really have any place to go uh, because, you know, it's got to be a two-way street. you got to have uh, players that want to leave, but there's got to be open spots for them uh, to go to. Now, in the case of a five-star tight end who's a stud, maybe that's a little bit different than your average player, but uh, I suspect we're going to see a lot of moving parts and almost like a free agency uh, frenzy in the context of college football, much like, frankly, we've seen at the quarterback position for a while now. 
He is Clay Travis. I know we got a lot of fans out there who uh, go to Outkick.com, already subscribers. But uh, for those who aren't, let them know what they can get at the website. Yeah, look, we try to be uh, smart, original, funny, and authentic every single day on the website at uh, Outkick.com. And uh, I, I appreciate your caring uh, our show and helping uh, our voice get out there. We've got a lot of different affiliates, shows on uh, every morning. You can go find me if you just type in Clay Travis on the podcast. Uh, search or uh, Outkick, and uh, I, I like to think that we have a uh, a really good morning sports talk radio show for people who uh, who want to hit on a variety of issues every day. Clay, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for the time. Hey, I appreciate you having me. You guys keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Clay Travis there of uh, Outkick, the coverage, outkick.com. Of course, you can hear his show every uh, morning on Fox Sports Radio and also part of the uh, Fox Bet Live TV show. He is uh, everywhere and anywhere, and that website just keeps getting bigger and bigger. We appreciate him taking some time to talk some SEC football with us. Coming up next, we'll switch gears, talk some SEC with Stephen Stingray Ray, the former diehard Mississippi State fan who went viral years ago. He's got his own show now, talking all things college football. We'll talk with him next. Hey, tomorrow is Crossover Thursday all across the Locked On NFL Network of podcasts. Crossover Thursday is a great way to get a quick breakdown of every game for your fantasy team or for your parlay bets. Crossover Thursday is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Roll along here on Locked On SEC and real excited to uh, talk all things college football with this guy. You know I'm been around talking all things college football for a long time. Back in the day, you might remember him from his segments of the Paul Feinbaum show and uh, of course putting out weekly YouTube videos and all that. Now he is hosting his, uh, his own sports talk show, The Stingray Show. You can find on his uh, social media and his Twitter account, at Stephen Ray with a V, uh, the number 30, Stephen Ray 30. And he joins us now. Stephen, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys? Doing all right, man. It's uh, it's exciting to, to get you on. I know uh, it's been exciting to see uh, watch some of your show. I know that your latest episode, you had Tim Brando on. So you're getting some yes. big, na- big name guests on your show. Yes, uh, just trying to you know navigate the uh, the crazy pandemic year this year. So, um, but yeah, it's been a, a great year, and uh, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely, I, I want to start with just kind of getting your thoughts on the SEC as a whole, man. It does look like uh, obviously Florida and, and Alabama are two behemoths. They're going to meet next week in the SEC championship right. game. Do you have an early thought on how you think that one's going to play out? Uh, well, honestly, you know, Florida is, you know, a really good football team. They got Kyle Trask, they got Pitts, they've got, you know, all those talented wide receivers. But, you know, being a Mississippi State fan, I've witnessed it and I've witnessed it. And even the years that, um, you know, Dan Mullen had Dak Prescott, he just, for whatever reason, could never get over the hump of beating Alabama and Nick Saban, even when they had the number one team here and they came here to uh, Tuscaloosa. Uh, they got knocked off because they uh, went down 19 to nothing early in the first quarter. Uh, and that was in 2014, uh, and never could dig themselves out of that hole. Uh, so I'm one of those fans that go, yeah, Dan's a good coach. Yes, he's a great coach, but I'm going to have to see it to believe it, that they can actually beat Alabama, because I just don't think his scheme 
uh, right now is is going to work against Nick Saban in Alabama uh, because Dan Mullen has only had one win against Nick Saban, and that was actually when he had Tim Tebow and uh, Urban Meyer was the coach, and Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator. Ever since then, it's been all Nick Saban. Yeah, and, and if any year, you know, for Florida to not have a great defense, Todd Grantham, I mean, yes. they, they've been fine at times, but, man, they have not been that traditional dominant Florida defense we're right. used to, and that could be that could spell trouble against that Alabama offense. Yes, and especially with guys like Devontae Smith and uh, Slade Bolden uh, and, and guys like that, I mean, and, and – um, uh, the tight end, I, I, his name slips my mind right now, but I was even starting using the tight end a little bit. Uh, and so I look for them. I, I look for it to be, uh, believe it or not, I, I expect this game to be kind of like what we saw two years ago between Texas A&M and LSU, uh, where, where the, the last team that has the ball wins. And, and I could see this game going into multiple overtimes. Yeah, and it's uh, it's one that I think Dan Mullen's probably going to pull out all the tricks and do everything that yes. he has to do. And they do get a little bit of a um, a confidence builder in playing LSU this week. Uh, Alabama will go to Arkansas, and uh, then right. both teams will get ready for the SEC championship game. I'm curious in your mind, Stephen, I've been a big Kyle Trask fan all season long. He's been insane, just no matter who the opponent, throwing for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. This week, I think a lot of the Vegas odds makers jumped Mac Jones ahead of Kyle Trask in their minds. Yes. In your mind, if you had to, uh, to vote for a Heisman winner today, who would it be? Uh, probably Kyle Trask. He's, he's done more of the work than, um, than uh, you know, Mac Jones. And plus, you know, Kyle Trask doesn't have a dominant run game like Mac Jones does, what Jones does with Najee Harris to back him up. So he's got to do all of his stuff, Kyle Trask does, through the air. Yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, it's it must be nice to have that offensive line that Mac Jones has and the Najee Harris yes. in the backfield. I, I, I've made yes. a case, though, you know, if there were any year that a non-quarterback was going to win it, I, I think Devontae Smith uh, is deserving yes. of it. And here's my argument, Stephen. If you take Devontae Smith and you put him on any other team out there, he is still absolutely special. I feel like if you take yes. Devontae Smith away from Mac Jones, he's probably not as special. So that's just my yeah. argument. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you put Devontae Smith on Vanderbilt's team, uh, they're probably still 0-8 because of everybody around him. Yeah, that's, so. a, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, talking with Stephen Ray, who would be your vote for SEC Coach of the Year this year? I know Sam Pittman was garnering a lot of respect early on. I seem to think the way that Mizzou pulled this one out over the weekend, and Missouri is now 5-3, and three, you know, a lot of people thought Mizzou was a team that may not win more than a game or two this season. So I think Eli Drinkwitz right now would be my SEC Coach of the Year. Who would be yours? Well, I actually took some heat on that because earlier this year I became a Football Writers Association of America member, and I actually got to vote uh, last night on who I thought would be the coach of the year. And they said put three candidates down uh, for the you know for the national coach of the year, and I put down uh, Sam Pittman, I put down Hugh Freeze, and I put down Dan Mullen. And uh, I have a lot of followers that are Missouri fans, and uh, they said no love from Drinkowitz. Uh, and, and here's my statement on that. 
uh, you kind of knew what you were getting with Drinkowitz, uh, just simply because of his track record at Appalachian State. You're like, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good. He's a pretty good coach. Uh, but, you know, and, and with the offseason, you had Lane Kiffin uh, obviously go to Ole Miss. You had uh, Mike Leach at Mississippi State. Uh, everybody knows those names. But then you had this guy by the name of Sam Pittman going to Arkansas, and I literally had to look up who Sam Pittman was. I mean, he was not a household name other than for the people at Arkansas and at Georgia. Uh, and for him to turn around a 2-10 and ten program back-to-back years and almost have a shot and had a pretty decent shot if, if Georgia hadn't switched the quarterbacks to end the SEC losing streak in game number one. Uh, you know, that's impressive, and he didn't get it done. But then the next week, he goes on the road in a hostile environment, a night game at, at uh, Davis Wade Stadium, and actually ends the losing streak against Mississippi State and then rolls on from there that's why I feel like that Sam Pittman is right at the top. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point, and, and a lot of people did think uh, Arkansas was just going to get obliterated by everybody they played this year. Yes. And, and he's made two fantastic hires in his two coordinators as well. Talking with uh, Stephen Stingray, Ray, of course, on Twitter, at StephenRay30. And, and one more thing, sorry, yeah, go go ahead. Ahead. Uh, one more thing I would like to add to that. Let's be honest, uh, Arkansas should have one more win. Uh, just simply because the refs uh, pretty much uh, gave them the middle finger uh, <laughs> in the Auburn game yes. uh, because that was a muffed spike, which should have been a fumble and a, and a clean recovery by Arkansas. They said it was not a clean recovery, and Auburn was then allowed to kick the field goal uh, to go ahead and win that game. And uh, a lot of the Arkansas fans, say that they went on ahead and won that game, so they tr- they're treating it like a win. And I completely agree with that. The SEC office uh, allowed Auburn to win that game. Stephen, I'm curious your thoughts on Texas A&M. They're sitting right there near the top five and you know, a chance to maybe get into the playoff, but their game against Ole Miss this weekend uh, yes. was basically canceled. Um, it it they won't have an opportunity to play this week. And now we're seeing Ohio State, their game against Michigan isn't going to happen. I mean, some people are right. saying maybe they should call each other up and go play each other this week. But what do you think? you think when it's all said and done, A&M does not get into the playoff? Uh, I'm not sure uh, about that. And that. A lot of things are going to have to fall uh, in their, ahead of them uh, just simply because of that loss to Alabama and that bad loss to Alabama. Uh, but I will say this, I am a little worried about uh, A&M uh, now because uh, they their defense uh, allowed Auburn to run rack up a lot of yards and uh, allowed uh, Burnix to escape a lot uh, last week. And uh, up until their cancellation game with Tennessee, uh, their defense looked outstanding, uh, A&M's did. Uh, and so now the offense, uh, I feel like, outside of the game against LSU, is continuing to click on all cylinders. But it looks like with the time off, the defense has kind of regressed a little bit, and that's not what you need uh, right here in the uh, you know going into the playoffs. You need to be on an uptick, not a downtick. 
Yeah, that's a that's a good point, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this weekend. Who who plays this yeah. weekend and, and who doesn't? Uh, Stephen, catch all our listeners up. Uh, I know back in the day you were a Mississippi State fan, then you turned into a a little bit of a Missouri fan. Who's who do you root for now? What's your what's your rooting interest? Uh, I actually root for all teams because um uh, you know obviously I have my show. Uh, so I just root for college football. I'm a college football junkie now. Uh, I absolutely love it. I'll watch any game on TV. Uh, and, and pretty much I have uh, no bias uh, whatsoever, uh, just simply because I think that makes for a better fan and I think that makes for a better broadcaster rather than having a homer, you know, like, like somebody who graduated from here. You know, they're, they're kind of a homer. And, and I feel like that if you're non-biased across the board, uh, then, then I think that that, you know, is a better way to watch football and a better way to broadcast. Well, I love it, man. I'm enjoying uh, catching your show on uh, on social media. You had some great guests, like we said, Tim Brando. I saw Jacob Hester on there. A lot of big name guys coming your way. You're doing an awesome job, and also great to see you, man. Uh, I know you got got into shape, got fit, dropped a lot of pounds, and uh, you look great, man. Congrats to you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, and. Uh... I tell you what, man, this is going to be a crazy end of the year. We're going to, you know, kind of see uh, with the four-team playoff if we can get two SEC teams in versus two ACC teams. Uh, you know, it's going to be a wild end to the 2020 year. I love it. Steven Stingray Ray. Steven, uh, best way for them to catch your show is on your uh, Twitter account? Yes, Twitter or Facebook, uh, at Stephen Ray 30 and then on Facebook, Stephen Stingray Ray. And by the way, I, I want to also let you guys know this. Uh, if I don't talk to you guys, I would like to wish all of you guys a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I love it. That's great stuff, Stephen. Good to talk with you, my friend. Uh, let's do this again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Stephen Sting- okay, Stephen Stingray okay. Ray. Yeah. On a part of, um, of course, longtime uh, personality, should we say? Back in the day, you remember him with all the videos and his Mississippi State gear, waving the uh, cowbell, and you know, kind of became an internet sensation. Paul Feinbaum had him on, and they'd play his videos all the time, talking trash to all the teams playing Mississippi State. And then he he changed his allegiances briefly to became a Mizzou fan, and then. Uh, now he's doing his thing. He's a fan of all teams, talking all things college football, and uh, does a really great job. Really, uh, really cool to see him doing his thing again. Stephen Stingray Ray. That is just about going to do it for us here on Locked On SEC. Appreciate you all for listening. Appreciate our guests, Clay Travis from Outkick the Coverage and Stephen Stingray Ray. Of course, uh, the Stingray Show does a great job with that. Appreciate them. We'll uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Current lockdown SEC, don't want to miss it.